Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I'm really excited and I have a lot of anticipation about kicking off our series entitled Unshakable. I'm so glad that all of you are with us. I wanna look in the camera there, welcome all those watching online, welcome our McKinney campus that's streaming with us as well as our Hazlitt campus, maybe someone in a video venue here at the Keller campus. Let's put our hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us for this series. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews 12. We're gonna look at verse 28 and a few verses there. I'm gonna ask you also to turn with me in your Bibles to Mark, right in the Gospels, Mark chapter one, verse 14, as we get to Unshakable. I want you to know we have been preparing for you for several months. Uh, I've been studying this. Our team has been preparing for you. And so just know that we're thinking about you. We're thinking about this moment months before now you having a chance to participate in the moment. So if I'm a little bit excited, it's because I've been living in this for a while, just waiting for you to jump on board and join in with us. But I do wanna celebrate uh, just this week. I I love pastoring a church where you don't have to say, hey, let me tell you about something six months ago that we might celebrate something from six months ago. Just this week, what God is doing, what Jesus is doing in and amongst his church is worth celebrating. You know, there's, in the New Testament, it says that early church, God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. And just in the last week, last weekend, we had services and I did our Discovery 101. I I wanna tell you, it was It was one of the most exciting 101s that I've done. I think I've done 250 something of them that I've ever done. I did the class, I stood, shook hands with people. It was like, it was amazing. All the lives, the people getting touched. We celebrated one, I think on Tuesday night of prepare that was so exciting. There was a a young lady there, Heather. She'd been praying at prepare and fasting for Thaddeus for two years, and during the class, he committed his life to Jesus Christ at Discovery 101. Isn't that exciting? I wanna tell you, at Prepared this year, I'm just so proud of you. The way you leaned in, you could just feel in the atmosphere, and Monday night, there was just a response of people that came forward, and God was touching people, and Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, and, and pre-service prayer, you know, it's not, it's not just the speakers, it's not the songs, it's the church journeying and praying, and the, and the room would be full during pre-service prayer at all our campuses, all of you praying. I heard a really interesting story in pre-service prayer. Uh, There there was a a young lady who brought uh, the second night, actually, she came, Natasha, she came the first night, and Pastor Tyron was leading the prayer, and he said, don't get discouraged. You may be wondering, does this really work? And she was on the front row of the Keller campus, and and, and he just encouraged her. She's like, well, that's me. I I don't know. I'm doing this. I just don't know if anything works. I don't know. And and she was new to it, but she decided to come back the next night. And what was amazing is the next night she brought her brother Jonathan and her mom, Christina, and she came back and she was praying in pre-service prayer. And in the middle of pre-service prayer, her brother got saved, Christina got saved, her mom. It was amazing. I don't know if you've even heard about that, you know, I don't know, man. We're 
praying the tabernacle prayer, talking about the labor, moving into the Holy of Holies. Who knows what was happening in there? But how do you know God's not limited? He can save people in pre-service prayer. That's amazing and exciting. Uh, just so many testimonies from last week. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm proud of you for leaning in. Noon prayer was the best we've ever had. I just want to keep encouraging you with that. Um, I actually was helping a group of pastors on Wednesday. I told them, I got to take a 10-minute break. And uh, they said, what for? I said, I got to join our church in, in noon prayer online. You know, I moderately condemned them all to get there. I probably should do it myself. Are y'all with me? Set that appointment. Sounds so easy, doesn't it? But anyway, I said, you guys are just going to have to hang out because I'm going over here. And I got online and I was just watching you putting your prayer requests, people jumping in, praying for one another. It's really about the church coming together and praying. It wasn't a conference. It's the church being the church. And what a powerful week. And I know this, the seeds you sowed this week, God's going to show up and water those seeds and he's going to do amazing things in your life. What an amazing week we've already had. And I'm excited about this weekend. I'm excited about kicking off Unshakable. You're like, what is Unshakable about? Well, we all are going to have moments where we shake. We're going to have moments where the things around us shake. We live in a fallen temporary world and the question is, what do you do when everything starts to shake? And this series is really about the kingdom of God. You're like, why would we talk about the kingdom of God? I promise you, if you'll stay with me through the series and even today as we lay the foundation, you're gonna see how this impacts your everyday life. Scholars believe and agree that the New Testament theme, and very seldom can you find scholars of the Bible to really agree absolutely on anything, that the New Testament, that if you sum it up with a central theme, it's all about the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom of God, and yet for many of us, if we're like, man, I know that's important, I've heard that phrase, or maybe you've never heard that phrase how many of us can really unpack what that is? How can we unpack and know? And I promise you, by the end of this series, I know you love to learn the Bible. When you finish, you're gonna see your Bible different. You're gonna see your job different. You're gonna see your kids. You're gonna see your family. You're gonna see the world around you that shakes today more than ever. You're gonna see it different as we study the theme of the kingdom of God. Here's how you participate in the series, a guide. I'm so thankful to our team who put this together and helped me with all of this and packaging all of it and making it available to you. And the reason we can give you one for free at all locations, you can get a guide, is because of we pastor, we're part of a generous church and your generosity makes it possible for us to invest this back into your lives so that you can grow in the word of God. So get one. I'm asking you, if you would, not to let it end up in the backseat of your car unread. Everybody loves something free. We're like, I'll take that, it's free. Well look, it's not cheap, all right? It's valuable. And it's a great little coffee table book, but I don't want it to lay on your coffee table. I want you in this series to actually read it. I want you to get in it, make it your devotional time, answer the questions before your group, you'll get more out of it. Attend the series, be a part of these messages. They're gonna meet you practically. I'm gonna intro it here these first couple of weeks, and then we're gonna start unpacking valuable areas of your life that are impacted by the kingdom of God and gather with a group. Some of you, your next step would be maybe to lead a group. You've maybe been through the growth track. You've been here a little bit. You're like, hey, I've been invested in. What do I do now? Well, it's time for you to start giving away some of the stuff that you've been given. 
You're like, well, I don't have you know, space to meet in a home and this or whatever. Look, just gather where you gather. You maybe have friends at lunch. Maybe you have your executive team. Maybe you have some friends or whatever. I put together some little videos that'll help you. And you can go through those videos. You can answer the questions with each other. You're gonna learn. And I know a question you have. You're like, Pastor, I don't know if I'm qualified. What if they ask a question that I don't know the answer to? It could happen. You, let, me, let me help you. Ready? Here's what you do. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I bet the next time you're asked that question, you'll know the answer to it. Because you learn as you're giving away. We have a concept in cultural church today that I sit, soak, sit, receive, sit, take, take it all in. And one day I'll end up at a place of maturity where I can give it away. Can I encourage some of you? You need to start now giving away what God's giving to you and it'll be multiplied inside of you. And so I want you to come step up, lead a group. You can do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. You say, well, I need to pray about it. Don't pray about it. Just say, my pastor told me to do it, and that's good enough. Just go ahead and do it, all right? So, so step into this series, everything you got. Our kids are joining in. That's exciting. They have some guides. They have some stuff they're going to walk through because we don't believe they just sit in the back and eat pizza, and they're just back there, just kind of, they're, they're going to grow. We're going to grow as a whole body. And, and I want you to know this. We've been doing this for 20 years, this, this play right here studying together and, and, and meeting together. That's how the church, by the way, you're like, I wanna learn more about the Bible and God. That's how the church for centuries learned and grow and, and develop. And so I want you to know, I, I can speak with all authority, this works. If you'll participate, God will develop you, God will grow you, God will give you some new relationships. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 is the theme verse of unshakable. So we're, this is home base for us. You're like, unshakable, the kingdom, how did you get that? Well, let me give you the verse that connects the kingdom of God to when your world is shaking. And it's important now because it's gonna be our theme verse that I make sure everybody, wherever you're listening from, everybody, I set the stage so you know where does, where does all this come from? How, how does it uh, piece together? In the book of Hebrews, you need to know the context here. Many of the church have been imprisoned. They, they've been beaten publicly. They've had their, their property taken from them. So there's a group of people here that have suffered a great deal for the cause of Christ. And, and, and we even know that in the next chapter that Timothy has been released from prison. So some of the key figures. So it's important that we understand the Bible's not writing in some vacuum that these are people when God's saying this, that they somehow were not facing difficulties and pressures and economic challenges and, and being persecuted for their faith. This is not an easy time to be a follower of Christ. And so they're dealing with all of this. And also there's strange teachings that are circulating. The, the, these strange teachings that come up today and you hear people, look, there's nothing new under the sun. They're in the Bible too. When you have somebody say, oh, I didn't have special revelation. That's in the Bible, it's called Gnosticism. If somebody tells you, you've never heard this before, probably heresy is about to come, I'm telling you. 
And most of the time we think, man, this is new. In this time period, there's weird religious customs that are Jewish rituals and things that these people called the Judaizers are trying to impose on people and they're fighting and dealing with this message of the gospel, the purity of the faith and people trying to distract people and pull people off from what the main message is. There's always people trying to pull people in the ditch and away from the main message of Christ. And so it's in that context, Hebrews chapter 12, there's a centering on Jesus. Let's come back to Jesus. Jesus is what it's all about. And in that context, we get the verse, Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And look what it says, our response is, and so worship God. Now you might think when we say worship that I'm talking about the three songs we sing before the ball guy gets up and talks. That's not what worship really better translated serve God. Since we have this kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and let us give all that we have. Let's give all of ourselves. Let's serve this God. Let's give our lives to this God because he's given us this unshakable kingdom. Let's go, if you will, all in with everything we have for this kingdom. And then it says we do it with reverence and awe. What does that mean? If you stay focused on the kingdom, you'll continue to have. I've been walking with Jesus for many decades now, pastoring for 30 years, and I go through a week like this. Like I told you, I had the most exciting 101. I had a great fasting time. I saw God do things this week. Look, you, you, you don't, over time, get less in awe. You have this giddy, childlike faith thinking, I, I can't believe we get to be a part of this. I can't believe God's doing something so amazing. Where he's moving, I wanna join him. And you still have this reverence and awe, this childlike faith that is still so enamored with the goodness and the greatness and the amazingness of our God. And so because we're a part of this kingdom, we can have this promise that our worlds may shake, but his kingdom is stable forever. I wanna take this first week, I really have one point and an application. I'm gonna use compare and contrast because it's a great teaching method to help you see it. But my main goal this week is just to help you see at a greater level the kingdom. The difference in the natural world, the natural kingdom, the natural response and the kingdom response. That's my main goal just to get us started. Because some of you are like, I need this to become more real. Well, let's start not in some peripheral place. Let's just go to the king of kings. Let's just let Jesus preach a little bit. Let's see what Jesus has to say. And let me give you Jesus's in the book of Mark. I told you to turn to Mark 1, verse 14 is where we're gonna start. Let's see what Jesus said as his first ministry proclamation. It's not literally the first words Jesus said. He was fully human, fully God, so he was a kid. Who knows what he had jibber-jabber and what he said to his friends and what he said to his... We don't have all that recorded of what Jesus said in his, in his humanity, but we do have from the book of Mark the first words of his establishment of ministry. It's his first public moment and, uh, in the book of Mark. Now, I like Mark because Mark is kind of the immediately gospel. I don't know if there's any bottom line people, but he's just kind of like, 
you know, Luke, he's a doctor. He gives us all, this person was born from that person. This happened, all the genealogies. Matthew, he gives us all this stuff. Mark's just like, boom. You know, he just gets to the point, all right? I had, you know, we, we had services last weekend. I did 101. We did uh, all the services this week, and I was fasting. And then we had uh, 1,100 ministry leaders in town on Tuesday and had all that. And Thursday is my date lunch with my wife. And uh, it, it's not an immediately gospel when we sit down because it's her priority time. I leave my phone in the car, and we sit down there for, for our lunch. And, 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 you know, I don't know. You know, guys, we kind of play tennis, I hit you one and you just hit it back to me. My wife, she doesn't play tennis. She plays float down the river on a boat. Look at that tree. And so we were gonna have our little moment of connect and she started with when I was five. I thought, it's not gonna be immediately. <laughs> She's just talking about this and that and forgive me, honey, forgive me. I just, preacher's gotta have an illustration. You know, it, I thought in the middle of it, what's the point? <laughs> I, I, is the, are we going to come to a conclusion here? Is there an ask or is there a, I'm sorry, that, this is for, that's for a marriage message anyway. But <laughs> so Mark here though, he's, he's not like, hey, we're floating along. He's just like, boom, 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 and immediately went here and this is what happens. And so I think this is so amazing to kick our series off right to the point. Jesus, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. That's the Uan Gilion, that's the Evangelon, that's the English word translated gospel, good news. Why is it good news? It's good news because in all history previous to this, they were looking for the establishment of a Messiah. They were looking for who's gonna come and give us a solution, not be able to just identify problems. They were looking for something outside of their religiousness. There was, all of these people were searching and because he came a different way, many people missed him. They didn't see it, but nonetheless, he came to proclaim good news to the captive. If you're bound, you can be free. If you're lost, you can be saved. If you want redemption and you want restoration, you can't do it yourself because you can't buy yourself back, but he can purchase your life with his own blood. He can redeem everything that you've messed up. He can bring all of those things. It's good news the gospel is such good news. It's such amazing news, a gift that you could never earn, a life that you can live that you could never live in and of yourself. He came to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he said. And so he comes to proclaim that good news of God and he says, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. When he talked about the gospel, he most times attached it to the kingdom of God. It's not just a ticket to heaven, it's a way of life. It's a way of seeing the world. It's a shift, it's an adjustment, it's a different viewpoint. The kingdom of God, he said. Everybody's been looking for the answer. I'm telling you, the new kingdom has come near. The kingdom has come. Now here's where the challenging part comes. He says, to see this kingdom to live in this kingdom, to experience this kingdom. By the way, that word kingdom, when Jesus said it there, the etymology, 
When I say etymology, some of you are like, what is that, pastor? It's the study of the genesis and the study of words. And up until this point, the Hebrew word for kingdom was somewhat nomadic and tribal, and even when it had some organization to it, there was limited rule of it. it was, there was a, a human component. There were flaws and fallacies within human leadership. And when Jesus uses this word kingdom first time, he's talking about a different realm. He's talking about, I'm establishing a kingdom that's not about human beings sitting on positional thrones. I'm talking about a realm of authority that comes from God himself. A different realm. The first time the word, this word is used here in a totally different way. All of our fairy tales, our stories, I'm gonna talk about this next week. We like all of this. There's shows all about kings and kingdoms and, and, and a lot of times what we look at as kingdom, we think more of the old word empire. Jesus is saying, I'm talking about a different realm a different realm and sphere of authority. And so he says, the kingdom of God has come near. Now here's the hard part, to participate in it, you have to repent. You have to repent. He says, repent and believe the good news. You're like, repent, what does that mean? It means to change your mind. It's not just you say, I'm changing my mind, I'm changing my mind. The Bible says it's a gift given to you. And when you go all in with Jesus, by the way, if you have simply, let me make this very clear to everyone, every campus, everyone listening to me. If you have simply mentally ascribed to the religion of Christianity, if you're like, I like that one better than the others. If you have simply maybe even just joined a church or listened to messages or just hung around it, but you haven't seen change. You haven't seen anything change in your life. You need to think, now am I following what Jesus is saying here or am I just in a social world of Jesus and I've kind of just added Jesus and sort of sprinkled Jesus on what I like and all the other philosophies of the world. Jesus, when he says, repent, I'm gonna give you a gift. You literally have a flip in your mind. It's a military term. You're walking this way and then supernaturally you turn and go this way and you're like, my world is different, my life is different different. I hate some things that I used to like. I like some things I used to hate. I'm a different person. I've had a change. There's been a supernatural change on the inside of me. Yes, that's a great place to clap. You don't change yourself. You don't forgive yourself. You repent of your sin. And when you repent, you turn. And now you have a different whole world outlook on how you see life. We get so upset in the church with people thinking things that are unbiblical. That's what lost people do until they repent. When you repent, whoa, it's different. He said, repent, change your mind and believe the good news. So I wanna use my compare and contrast. And I wanna give you a little table here. You can go on the app and get this table. I see you guys out there all the time taking photos of the little charts and tables. I think it's good. It shows me you're trying to learn. You're not looking at your fancy football scores and praying for the Cowboys, praise God. But anyway, I appreciate it, all right? So you're, you're, you, you see these, I wanna show it to you. So first of all, there's the natural view. What is Jesus really saying? The natural view before, get this, before you repent, the natural view is, 
I'm the king. I am the king. This is a narrative that floods our world. You are the captain of your destiny. Live your truth. You deserve to be happy. You need to be happy. Do what you feel. You be the king. You be the, the captain of your ship. You, you set your course. You, you, you can be you, and, and you're a great you, and, and you can do it. And be the king. The question of who's really in charge? My kids love that. Four children growing up. What they love, mom and I go on a date night. Who can spank who? <laughs> who's in charge of who? We had a little skirmish at the house recently. One older kid told the younger kid, you're gonna get consequences. So now mom, who's really in charge, let's be honest, said you can't give anybody consequences. But anyway, yeah, that's real life. Everybody wants to know who's in charge of who. Who's over who, why? Because we wanna know who's the king. But if you say I'm the king in this natural viewpoint, the next level is I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe because I know my flaws, I know my limitations, I know there's things outside of my control, so now I don't feel safe and, and, and I need to protect myself and, and, and now I'm, I'm worried about my future. Now I wanna tell you this worrying and anxiety that we're gonna hit in this, which the Bible talks about a lot, it's rampant in our world today. Because we have been told, set yourself up as the king, we know our frailties, and then we're exposed to more information because you can monetize fear. And so fear's being fed to us, and we know more than we've ever known. We know way more than we've ever known. I don't know if previous generations, you know, we're like, well, we had grit. We were just ignorant. We didn't even know what to be scared of. Now we know everything to be scared of. Everything to be afraid of, and I'm not a theorist on this, with young people last year to vacation Bible school, to 56 camp, to seventh and eighth grade camp, to high school camp, we took 3,000 young people away to experience God last year. With, yeah, thank you to all of you. Thank you, back to I pastor a generous church. It's $300,000 above budget to take high school kids to camp, and it's because we have a generous church that we gladly invest every bit of that in young people to help them with their destiny. We believe in the next generation. We believe in them. Now, they all came back to me, and I sat with our next-gen team. I said, I wanna know, because I'm a pastor, what's the number one problem being talked about in their small groups? If you're a parent, you wanna know this. What's the number one thing they want prayer for? And they have a whole host of things that they're battling, but anxiety, they said, Pastor. We have an anxious generation, anxious, worried. Why? Because if I believe I'm in charge, then I don't feel safe. Now I have to protect myself. Now I'm worried about my future. Then I begin to believe I'm the only one that can make this happen. That if I don't get that scholarship, if I don't get in that school, if I don't get to here, if I don't have it like I think, because I'm, I'm gotta, I've got to make it to my future. I'm the one. I'm the king. I've got to make this happen. Anxiety, 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 anxiety. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I'm carrying all of this anxiety. But there's a better way. There's a different viewpoint. There's a totally different viewpoint, and that viewpoint is what Jesus said. I came to give you good news. 
You don't have to be in charge of your destiny. You can be a part of a different kingdom that has different rules and different principles and works outside of the social system. And this Jesus though, you have to repent and you have to embrace him. And when you embrace him, then you see something totally different. Jesus, I want everybody to get this. Jesus is not a religious teacher offering information to just help make our lives better. He's the king with a kingdom. He's a king that's ruling and reigning over his kingdom. And in our world today, we've kind of watered that down, or maybe you don't know it. I'm passionate about this series. As a pastor, I take notes when we go through a time of shaking. In the last few years, we did. I'm very proud of the people I pastor, but I work with a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, and I'm, this is not a, a correction, but it is an observation. We had families fighting over things and views and politics and people going off and everybody going crazy and getting in this ditch and listening to this person and doing this and, and the whole body of Christ. People just, just like, you, you know, I like to say it this way. I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. The sheep got out of the pen. Where'd the sheep go? Then they came back and they're like, hey, they had rabies, you know? I'm like, hey, hey, I'm your pastor. Chill. And I want to say this as pastors, and I've said it to other pastors, why are we doing this series? We've done you a disservice by telling you you can just kind of slide in and out of this thing and add Jesus and sprinkle to it and tell you not the real truth of the kingdom. So then therefore, when your world shakes, you think it's the kingdom of this world that's going to save you. When you have a bedrock foundation in the kingdom of God, when your world shakes, you have a different stability. So we've gotta, we gotta get this back in the recipe. Because now we have a customizable life. Just take coffee. I hate to be the guy for my family to order the coffee. Because I can't keep up with all of the demands. And I have girls and they're real specific about their lattes. Dad, get this. And it's like, I want it you know, sugar-free, lactose-free. Everything produces milk now. We get some oat milk, and can we have almond milk? I'm like, I didn't know almonds produce milk. I've never seen a lactating almond. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, is this, is, that sounds like a rock band. <laughs> almonds, almonds, <laughs> lactating almonds. <laughs> Coffee used to be a yes or no question. Are y'all with me? Do you want some or not? Maybe cream and sugar. But now I want it lactose-free, latte-free, I want it sugar-free, I want it gluten-free, I want it free, 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 free. Well, do you know, some of us have been around, if you're new to this thing and you haven't heard old schools and new school, the Bible's always been the real pattern. We've got a little bit of a philosophy that you can kind of have your Jesus like you ordered your latte. And we've got it so free of everything, we can't tell what it is. We need to put the kingdom of God back in the recipe. Because that's what Jesus came to preach. And so that natural view, when you're looking at it, when you filter it through Jesus, you get a kingdom perspective. You get a different set of glasses. And this is what that kingdom view looks like. I serve the king. Remember, it's not when he said, we will freely worship. It's not worship singing. It's, I will serve the king with my whole life. 
So that's when I'm in the boardroom. That's when I'm at my house. That is when I'm at the church house. That's when I'm at the ball field. That's when I'm wherever I serve the king. I'm not the king. I have a king who has established a different kingdom, and I serve the king. And because I serve the king's agenda, God watches over me. God has prepared my future. My job is not to dictate or set my future. My job is to follow the king into his design for my future. My desire is to see what his plans are and join his plans and his desires and, 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 and to submit completely to his authority in my life. He's prepared my future. God is guiding me. If I keep my heart set on the kingdom, then it doesn't even matter if I somehow miss. I meet so many young people so anxious about making the wrong decision. Well, look, if you filter a decision through the word of God and it violates the word of God, don't do it. If you filter a decision through trusted voices, which very people, few people have, and you let them counsel, counsel you and they say, hey, we gotta check, don't do it. But if you've got submitted to God, you got your heart on the kingdom and you've got trusted voices, look, even if you might think it's over here, God is able to guide you. God is able to bring you back on course. So just be at peace a little bit. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to stay submitted to the king. You just stay submitted to him, serving his agenda. He'll work it out. He's guiding me. God is in control. I can't control all my circumstances. I can't have enough insurance on my insurance to protect me against every single casualty. I, there is no world where there is not a, a little bit of shaking and challenges and circumstances, but God is the one watching over me. I was this week, my Bible that Brandy gave me when we got engaged, I was flipping through it. It's a study Bible I have in the front of it. I have my prayer cards and I pray for you and pray over my prayer list. And I have prophecies from my pastor in there. I have a little page on the second page where I write down big moments in my life where I had a revelation. And I hadn't even thought about this, but this week I saw it when I was in my 20s, May the 29th. I wrote it down, the date. I see it the kingdom of God. I grew up in church. I listened to preaching. I had a heart for God. But I wanna tell you, it was a little bit later in my journey where I really got the revelation. Wait a minute, I'm submitted to the king of kings. He's rebuilding his kingdom. I can see the world different. It was a revelation and once that revelation gets inside of you, you're different. For me, it was May the 29th. Here's the kingdom application. Let me make it really real and then I'm gonna pray for you. Here's the kingdom application. Let's just take a few that we're gonna hit in this series. Economy. I hear people in our culture, you know, the economy and prognostication and if everyone who could predict the economy were right, I mean, it would be just amazing. And everybody's got an idea and this is where it's going and this is what happened. And, and, and an economic viewpoint of a natural economic viewpoint is job uncertainty and market conditions. And, and, and the reason it can make us all tense is it's like I feel helpless. Is there something happening outside of me? And we try to push whatever trigger that can make the economic conditions favorable. And so we live with that. These people did not live in Hebrews in a favorable economic place for followers of Jesus. 
We've all, if you're old enough, we've been through market challenges. Some, my pastor, you may have been through the Great Depression, not as many. Some of you have been through other times and ups and downs. 08, 09 was a difficult, challenging time for a lot of people. We were buying our first building. I was raising money for the building. Everyone I met with was like, Pastor, this is not a good time. I said, well, I didn't get to pick the time. We had a global pandemic. We have all kinds of things. But let me just tell you the kingdom view. God is my source. God is my source. I'm a good steward of who, and I know who God is and that he's generous, and he'll meet all my needs. Some of you who are all tense about everything economically, even now, inflation or this or whatever it is and changes in whatever industry you're in, I've done this long enough and pastored enough people in these sectors to tell you no matter what's going on in the economy, there's always a kingdom group of people that are living by a different set of principles under the realm of a king who is the source. And you have the option to live according to the world's economy or live according to the king's economy. Here's the second one, my kids. I hear people all the time, older people, man, I wouldn't wanna be raising kids today. You know, man, well, I mean, we, they got TikTok, man. They got, well, they got this and that and the world. And you know what? There are caustic things that young people today face in our culture, no doubt about it. No question about it. But here's a viewpoint, culture is dark and it's more challenging than ever for families. Is it more challenging than ever? Let's always be careful, by the way, to superimpose. Let me just tell you, that early New Testament church living under Roman tyranny and all of the lustful things and challenges and things that the Roman Empire brought in around their cultures and these early churches, they're... There's always been dark, study history. There's dark times and things and sin has been present in the earth. We could easily get some kind of complex that we somehow are living in unfavorable conditions outside of the Bible. None of our kids have been put in prison for serving Christ. We haven't had Timothy. Well, oh man, thank God Pastor Steve got out of jail last week. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dismissing the darkness, but a kingdom viewpoint. We're going to talk about this. How do you engage with culture? There's always been the same people, even in the Bible, people that ran from culture, people that were combative so much to, towards culture that they were ineffective, and there's always been kingdom people who take the kingdom principle into the darkness of the culture and shine a light, and they flourish. By the way, the church has flourished for centuries. When the world is dark, everybody comes to church to find out how to get hope. So don't, we're not giving the devil our families and young people. We're gonna have a kingdom viewpoint. God's word is true. He's active and he's moving in the lives of young people. Here's another one, worrying anxiety. If I can control it, then I'll be safe. People dealing with anxiety, if I could control it, if I could fix that, if I could mitigate that. The kingdom viewpoint is God loves me. I shared this with you multiple times over the last few years. Jesus Christ is still on his throne. He is still on his throne ruling and reigning and in charge and in control and can be trusted with your very life and the thing you're most worried about. We're gonna hit multiple areas of your life. I usually 
do this during worship time, during this season of the year and sometimes throughout the year, but I thought maybe at every campus, online, wherever you're at, let's all just stand up and I wanna take you through an exercise. When the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, we're gonna talk about this in this series, Jesus teach us to pray, he prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we can apply the kingdom. I want you to think about it as I read through these and then I'm gonna at the end let you put, there's an open box and you can put your request and say, Lord, help me change my mind. Help me get a different perspective. Help me see it through a kingdom lens. Here's a few of our prayer requests from this week. Someone saying, I lost my job. My faith has definitely been shaken. I'm scared for me and my family. That's a reality. We're not dismissing reality. You, you could say, man, I'm, I'm concerned for my family. I'm concerned for provision. That, that's, that's reality. Now we have the choice to view it naturally or view it from a kingdom perspective. Lord, I pray for whoever this is. I pray right now in Jesus' name that, Lord, you would help them see this even from a kingdom perspective. That, Lord, they wouldn't just pray for a job, but they would pray for you to open a door that no man can open, that no person can open, and that that new job would be a kingdom initiative. Maybe there's some people there waiting right now in Jesus' name for this person to show up, to be the light, to be the one who's gonna bring Jesus to them, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that even the, the salary and the provision of the job would not be seen as even just the fact that you meet our needs, but the resources being advanced to seek first your kingdom, like you said in your most famous sermon, Jesus, where you told us, yes, these things are real, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be taken care of. Someone praying for an 18-year-old daughter that's been gone six months. All three of my kids are hurting from our divorce. I'm standing together with my family in prayer over my mom and dad that they will not be divorced after 33 years. Lord Jesus, we lift up families to you. We lift up homes. Right now, every campus, every person, Lord, on our prayer walls, even the kids' prayer walls where they're praying for their families. They're praying for the, the, the tension in their home and for mom and dad to have unity. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Let your kingdom come, not just in the church house, but at their house. Let your kingdom come in that home. Lord, let you be set up as the king of kings over that home. Let every person in the home submit their lives to you as king, to serve you with reverence and awe, to worship you with their whole lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray you would come and you would heal and you would restore and bring these families, Lord, into the aligned desire you have. I'm suffering with depression and anxiety. It's impacting my marriage. Lord, we thank you today. We're not the king. We're, we're, not the, we're not the captains of our own destiny. Lord Jesus, we say today, I say on behalf of this person, Lord, we pray, Lord, you're in control. You, you are the one that brings the, the, the peace and the hope and the, and the safety that we feel is not our ability to make ourselves safe. It's because you have an unshakable kingdom. And I want everybody, every eye, I want you to look at the screen. I want you to put in that box, what is it for you? What is it you're anxious about? What is it that you're worried about? What is it that you think if you had some access to something you could fix, but you need to bring it through the lens of Jesus? 
You need to bring it into the kingdom realm. And Lord, right now, everybody, you take that thing and just bring it before Jesus. Jesus, thank you. You just, in your own heart, thank you for the good news that I don't have to set my own path. Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. You're ahead of me. You're with me. You're in front of everything. You're working, Lord, right now. I just want you to get confidence right now wherever you're at. He's working when you can't see it. And Lord Jesus, we right now pray your kingdom come. The realm of your authority over that job, that child, that family, that marriage. A different set of principles, a different king who's in control. And Lord, we submit ourselves fully to you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.